You are listening to audio from Riverside Church. If you would like to check out more resources, please visit riverside.church. Happy Easter to everyone. I am Andrew, and uh, I'm really excited to celebrate with you today. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone here, actually I know for a fact that not everybody in this room has been following along in our Sermon on the Mount series this whole time, and that is totally okay. So I want to just give you a little bit of context. We've been walking verse by verse through this compilation of Jesus' most amazing teachings in Matthews chapter 5, 6, and 7 in the Gospel of Matthew. And um, it just so happens that we've been ramping up to what many consider the peak of the Sermon on the Mount, which is kind of right in the center of it, and that is a prayer. Uh, It's likely a familiar prayer to you. You've probably heard it referred to most often as the Lord's Prayer. And next Sunday, I'm going to unpack that prayer a lot more in detail for those of you who will be here next Sunday. Um, But today, we're just going to hone in on a couple lines that may be very familiar to you, and we're going to explore what they got to do with Easter, okay? So here's the prayer, the full prayer from Matthew chapter 6. This may not be exactly how you memorized it, but this is how it is in the NIV of Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So the little italicized part, verse 10, is what we're going to focus on today. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, step back. We have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, instructing his followers to pray to our Father. What did I say Jesus' title is? Son of of God. So, he says our Father. He includes his fellow followers, the people who are following him, the following Jesus, in the family of God. Even in the address of the prayer, our Father. So fellow daughters and sons of God are the ones who are invited to pray this prayer. And today we're homing in on this line about the kingdom. What is a kingdom? I talk about the kingdom a lot because I'm a pastor, but in my day-to-day life, I don't talk about kingdoms all that much, right? So it's probably best not to think of it in terms of modern kingdoms or like the modern British United Kingdom. That's just going to confuse things and make you think about Netflix documentaries and whatnot, but... (laughs) Um, basic terms. Kingdom is the collected people or places headed by a king or queen. And the kingdom of blank is the name or location of the kingdom authority. And then a king or a queen, pretty obviously, is the one in charge, the one who holds and administers the authority of a kingdom. Okay? So behind Jesus' prayer, your kingdom come are these general definitions. Jesus is teaching us to pray for a kingdom, people and places headed by a king, but specifically his father, our father's kingdom. Our father, our father is the name of this kingdom's authority. We say whose kingdoms, who's the authority of this kingdom? It is our father. Jesus will call it my father's kingdom in other places, and he will also call it the kingdom of God in other places. But you'll also hear it referred to by the location of its authority, which is, anybody know the kingdom of? 
heaven, right? You've heard that before, the kingdom of heaven. These are not separate kingdoms, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the Father. These are the same kingdom. We're just talking about who's in charge or where the location is, okay? The prayer, though, is not just about, well, this is what exists. This is a thing that is true. It's an active prayer, right? And it's an active kingdom. Your kingdom come. That's a movement word, right? Your kingdom come. So the kingdom is not a static territory with unchanging boundaries and borders. The kingdom of God moves, and it moves in some very specific ways. The first way the kingdom moves and the first way the kingdom comes is in the very person of Jesus Christ. When John the Baptist called Israel to repent for the kingdom of God is near, the thing that was near, the thing that was most near was actually the person of Jesus. He, embodying the kingdom, was right there. Wherever Jesus goes, the kingdom goes with him. In Jesus Christ, our Father's kingdom does come and is come. Okay. How do we know that God's kingdom has come in Jesus? What's the next line of the prayer? Your kingdom come. Here's the evidence. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many people have prayed that before? How many people have noticed that the Lord's will is not always done exactly on earth as it is in heaven? You think of a few examples, maybe even from this morning. Maybe potholes are evidence that the earth is not quite as it is in heaven, right? Your, king, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't recognize Jesus' kingliness. Is that the right word, kingliness? Kinghood? Kingsmanship? King? I think kingliness. We don't recognize it because of palaces and golden thrones and crowns and the royal band. Though evidence in Revelation suggests that those things do exist. But I've never seen them face to face. No, the way we recognize God's kingdom has come in Jesus is because Jesus does his Father's will on earth exactly as it is in heaven. That's how we know the way Jesus lived his life exactly according to the will of God shows us the kingdom of heaven. Jesus does nothing outside the will of his Father. He represents a perfect heavenly obedience with every single step he takes on this earth. And as Jesus walks the earth in lockstep with God the Father, he embodies his kingdom in justice and righteousness, in truth and love, in grace and compassion, in loyalty and mercy, in forgiveness and healing. Every breath, every word, every step from Jesus is the breath, words, and steps of the kingdom of God. But the Jesus who came, the kingdom who came, was crucified, died, and was buried. The kingdom came, and the kingdom went. And Luke calls the night of Jesus' betrayal and arrest the hour when darkness reigns. There in the ground, his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Is the kingdom of God something that came and went? Do we pray your kingdom come because the kingdom is absent and has been absent ever since Jesus was laid in the tomb? Is your kingdom come a desperate cry from the darkness? But today is Easter Sunday, isn't it? Because bursting forth 
In glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, right? The darkness didn't last long. Jesus rose from the dead that Easter morning. This is resurrection. Jesus got up. He got up. And what does that mean for us? It means that the kingdom of God has a forever king. There's no change of power. There's no new coronations happening ever at any point in the future. The kingdom of God has its king and his name is Jesus. It means that the possibility of kingdom come, earth as it is in heaven, did not end with Jesus on the cross. Resurrection is the ultimate sign of heaven here on earth. Resurrection unlocks the possibility of heaven on earth. Resurrection takes the kingdom of God, localized in the person of Jesus, and makes it shareable. Isn't that amazing? Look at Romans 6.5. If we've been united with him in a death like his, we certainly also will be united with him in a resurrection like his. Um, being united with Jesus in death is not the good news side of this scenario. But we feel it. The good news is that we are united with Jesus in his resurrection. That our bodies are somehow tethered to Jesus' body. Isn't that amazing? Because Jesus' body is one that is able to conquer death, our attachment to him means that we get to receive that very same gift. Come on now. Back to the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Easter Sunday has been called the Super Bowl for Christians. I don't know why. No, it's because it signifies the possibility of the kingdom come to individuals, to the church, and even to the world. Every time someone repents and is baptized into the family of God in Christ, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. Every time a disciple of Jesus turns from their debilitating anger or lust, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. Every time the church asks, acts justly, loves mercy, and walks humbly with her God, the kingdom of heaven comes to earth. Every child loved, every meal with someone who's struggling, every attentive conversation, every prayer for an enemy, every welcome extended, every courageous step can be a sign of the kingdom of heaven on earth. Every gift prayer or fast offered in secret are signs of the kingdom come. Jesus' resurrection makes it all possible. Jesus' resurrection power is making all things new. Um, just eight days ago, there was an inbreaking of the kingdom of heaven right in this room, in this building. In this room, 60 families plus were served by the Clay Mobile Food Pantry. Families who needed assistance, literal food and drink, found it here in this space. And an astonishing 210 expungements were processed in this very building eight days ago. That's 210 people who have already paid their debt to society and now have a huge obstacle removed. An expunged record is not a golden ticket, but it means opportunity. It means somebody now may be moving forward with employment or housing or who knows what other opportunities because their record is now expunged. What has been paid for, hear me now church, what has been paid for 
should no longer be held against them. Remember the first song we sang today, right? Jesus paid it all. That is a huge piece of the good news of Easter. Jesus paid it all. And our sins have been paid for, so they do not need to be held against us anymore. They are forever nailed to the cross where they die and they lose their grip on us. Does that sound like some good news? Come on. All right. All right. And we signify this step from death to life, from the many, 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 many inferior kingdoms of this world into the kingdom of God. We signify this step through baptism. And today we have several people, five in fact, who are coming forward to receive the gift of baptism. Uh, What a gift. What a gift that we have five in our midst that are coming to receive baptism today. So I invite Pastor Keith forward and we will invite y'all forward in just a little bit. Thank you for listening to Riverside Church. For more resources, visit riverside.church.